check, check, check. Friends in Fort Worth, El Paso, Phoenix, Arkansas, wherever you are joining us from, uh, glad that you are tuning in. As we wrap up this self-care series, let's go. Got a treadmill on stage, joggers on, game time. Hey, any, uh, any iPhone fans in this room? Love it. Any, uh, any Android people? You, you guys, you guys are dismissed right now. That's how we're gonna start. You're ruining text message groups everywhere, okay? We can't, we, and we're all upset about it. So when this is done, you are putting your phone on this stage and getting an iPhone because we wanna be able to name our group texts and it's really frustrating. I love this thing, man. I don't know. I've never actually used an Android, so I'm just going to speak as though they work kind of like an iPhone. Uh, but this thing is amazing. I mean, the fact that uh, we live in 2019 has some serious perks to it. I mean, it, you think about like days when you had the Razor, that huge like car phone that you drive around. It's like a huge brick that people would answer and talk on or Zach Morris style. And just how the smartphone has so changed the game. Like, as I was just thinking through, like, the things that I can do while I'm standing in line at Walgreens are unbelievable compared to, like, what you would have to uh, log on to the Internet. Remember dial-up Internet? Anybody uh, old enough to remember that? Where you would just wait for all the, like, I can't even emulate the sounds to come online and America Online and, and all the different AIM. But today, you can be standing in line at CVS, and you could be like, man, I think I'm out of soap at home and you know, this soap is more expensive here. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna order Amazon Prime now and it'll be there in two hours. Like you can pull your phone out right now, you could have groceries waiting for you when you get home. Think about that. The fact that uh, you get home, there's no food, no problem. You got Uber Eats, you got Favor, you got options. The fact that uh, you have Waze app, any Waze fans in the house? <laughs> we are excited about Waze, let's go. No traffic for you. The fact that like, you can, you can wonder, hey, what are the symptoms of measles? I don't have to wonder. I can look them up, WebMD, it's on my phone, I've got access. I can find out, hey, what position did Ryan Gosling play in Remember the Titans? I don't have to wonder anymore. I can just immediately, it's all right here. Wherever you're sitting right now, you have access to that type of information. You wanna know how to cook crawfish? Just YouTube it. You wanna know what the best sushi place in town? Yelp. I mean, just all the different things that are at your fingertips from just what's the population of Vermont to who invented the Oreo, it's only a couple clicks away. And I don't know, or I do know, I am not the only one who loves this thing. Because uh, if you pay any attention, like just next time you're at a restaurant, look around, and if you're, you see like a group of friends, what are they all doing? The same thing. Everyone is like sitting there like this, talking, I mean, either talking to people around them or just looking up like, hey, what's the best thing that the tips on Yelp is telling me to eat here right now? You drive around, I mean, the scariest thing is next time you're in the car during the day, look around. Everyone is driving and texting all the time. Like, everyone is on their phone. It's terrifying. But we're all constantly like, oh, man, I'm looking this up, or I'm checking my Instagram likes, or I'm checking uh, on what's a faster way to get there, or just looking up random information on Wikipedia and the, like, vortex that you get sucked into there after click after click. But the crazy thing is as much as you're able to get done and as much as this is like added benefit to our lives, I know at least for me, it comes at a real cost. Like if I'm not careful, this thing will distract me from the people I'm around. 
It'll distract you from ever been like at a place, at a concert maybe, or you're at like an amazing, a beautiful place, beautiful environment, and instead of focusing on the music and the concert, you're just trying to take a video to make sure that you can upload it to your Insta stories, or you're at like some beautiful, here's the Grand Canyon, and instead of really like taking it in and, man, God, this is amazing, you're over there trying to choose what filter to put on it. As much as this thing adds to our life, it also comes at a cost. And I know for me, it comes at a cost of some pretty important arenas in life. Relationally, it can distract you from the people that you're around, from me, wife, children, from you, friends, relationships, family members. How much of your time or of our time when you go home for family on vacation are you spent just kind of like checking out what there is to do around you and what everyone else is doing? And the reason I start there is because tonight we're going to talk about a subject about things in life that drain the life out of you. And I'm convinced, just after studying it, how much this is draining the life out of you. It allows us to get, uh, really, sometimes the most out of life while sacrificing the most important things. And so what I want to do right now is have everyone in the room take their phone out, even the Android people. (laughs) And I want to challenge you to do something we've never done on the boards. I want you to turn your phone off, not put it on airplane. I know, it just gasps, went out everywhere. It's like, what? Oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? What kind of church is this? Turn off the phone. It's going to be a short message, like 30 minutes. And I know what you're thinking. Hey, I'm I'm being serious. Take your phone out right now. Turn it off. And you're thinking as you're nervously moving around, there's even a phobia. Here's what's crazy. We all are like panicked about, oh my gosh, what am I going to do without my phone? There's even a phobia been named nomophobia. No mobile phobia. Here you go, here you go, here you go. But turn it off and you're wondering, what if he texts me back? That text message is gonna wait for you when you turn it back on. What if your mom calls? There's gonna be a voicemail waiting for you. You can call her back whenever those things don't get lost. Jason Mraz, did you get my message? It is not a thing. They stay around and stay on the phone. Uh, You're probably even more likely thinking, what if you're boring, David? What am I gonna do over the next? (laughs) That's fair. And uh, that may be a real challenge, but at least it's gonna be a shorter time. Or maybe you're like, well, what if there's a national emergency? We've thought through everything, folks, because Billy, our tech director, he's going to keep his phone on so you don't have to. And we've got friends. Yeah. yeah. Your service, Billy. Outside of the room who are committed to letting us know if there's a national emergency, if the U.S. decides to go to war, he's going to let us know, and we'll pay, make sure to pass that on to you for the next 30 minutes. I just want you to tune in as we talk about things that drain the life out of us. And the good news will be you won't be draining the life out of your phone while you're doing that because it'll be off. But just like uh, it is possible for a battery in your phone to get drained, many of us walked into the room tonight and there are things in addition to the phone and our constant distractions that come from it that are draining the life out of you. They're draining the joy out of you, the peace out of you. And it is not the way that God wants you to live. And so we wanted to wrap up this series by just covering some of the things, the most key arenas, or some of the most key arenas where your life is just being sucked out of you. Because there is a solution, and God's word discusses how you and I can experience not being drained of life, but being filled with it. So tonight, we're going to cover two drains, and then really one thing that if you and I commit to it is the thing that ultimately fills and sustains us in life. And it's going to come from a story that is found in Luke chapter 10. If you grew up in church, you may be familiar with this story. It's a story that involves two sisters. And inside of this story, one of the sisters gives us two examples 
of some of the things that still today drain the life out of you and drain the life out of me. And then the other sister gives us the thing that all throughout the Bible, really, it's indicated that if you and I commit to this one thing, you will consistently experience being charged, energized in life. No matter the circumstances that you face, no matter what you walk through. So we're going to look at these two things that drain us and then one thing that helps sustain us in the midst of that. Found in Luke chapter 10 will be in verse 38. If you don't have a Bible, the verses will be up on the screen. If you do uh, not own a Bible, there's Bibles out in the Welcome Center uh, here in Dallas. They should be some in Fort Worth, and the rest of you guys are on your own. So, uh, but there is an app for that, but you shouldn't be using your Bible app because it'll be up on the screens. I'm talking to you two and all the locations. Make sure that your phone is off. We'll start in verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her phone to him. <laughs> Oh, man, I can't go without the phone talking about it. <laughs> Opened her phone to Jesus. Martha, you are always opening that phone. Martha, Martha. That was for some of you. <clears throat> All right, I digress. Okay. A woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care, this is Martha speaking, that my sister has left me to do all of the work while she's sitting there at your feet. Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, Jesus said, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So if you grew up in church, you may have heard this story. Jesus goes through town, shows up, and Martha, who has this house, invites Jesus and all of his disciples into the home. And Jesus begins kind of teaching the disciples. And Mary, her sister, is not helping her put together, like, what are we going to serve Jesus and his, his friends or his boys? Do we have some pita bread, some hummus? What are we going to give these guys? Mary is in there just sitting at the feet of Jesus, while Martha, who, again, owns the home, is the one preparing and going through all the different preparations that need to take place. Comes to Jesus and says, hey, what's the deal? My sister in here is basically being a hippie, sitting at your feet, and I need some help in the kitchen sweeping things up. Will you tell her to help me? She begins bossing Jesus around. Jesus says, hey, she's chosen something better than all the things that are weighing and distracting you down. When I read that story initially, like, there's something about uh, Martha that I resonate with, that probably a lot of us do. Partly because we live in a world that everyone celebrates Martha or celebrates not Martha in this story, but kind of Martha's in general. What do I mean by Martha? I mean like a go-getter. Like Martha's the girl that you want on your staff. She's the girl that you want to work with, work alongside. She's getting after it. I mean, she owns the home. She's got the mortgage. She's paying the bills. Mary's a freeloader sitting in there. There's a lot to respect about Martha. I feel like Martha's somebody that, that you know, has drive and ambition. She's getting after it. And Mary's just over there like a wallflower, sitting around doing nothing. And I look at Martha and I'm like, man, I, I feel for Martha. But the tragedy is that in trying to get all these different things done, she was distracted from the one who's most important and it ended up costing her. And the same thing is relevant for you and for me. That although there's some things that are qualities and the Bible here in the story, the point of the story is not that, hey, you shouldn't uh, ever get things done and, and have drive and have ambition for things. The point of the story is to not max out your life and miss out on what is most important. And Martha, we're told, the first adjective described of her was she was distracted by many things. 
The word distracted is the first thing I just want to talk about. The first drain that is going to come for you in your life. The first thing that's sucking energy out of you right now is the idea of you being distracted. What's distracted mean? It literally is a word that means pulled in many different directions. There's a French word for torture that was called, uh, if they really wanted to torture someone, they would distract them. And they would tie ropes to each of their limbs, their legs and their arms, and they would have horses run in every direction and pull them apart. And it was called distraction. It means pulled in different directions. The first thing that is gonna drain and suck the life out of you is being pulled in a million different directions at the expense of something or the things that are most important in your life. The first thing I just wanna talk about is being drained from distractions. For Martha, what a tragedy that the Son of God, the most important person in all of human history, comes into her house and instead of focusing on him, she's distracted by, you know, I need to make sure that I'm cleaning the floors in here, getting something to eat, all the different preparations. And misses out on being around Jesus, the one that all of human history would restart the calendar around. Because distractions, distractions that were draining and pulling at you. And here's, here's where this is so relevant and more relevant than ever before. It's like you are constantly being distracted and going to be tempted to be distracted away from focusing on Jesus, focusing on your faith, focusing on the things that really matter. Because not only did you walk in here and social media is pulling at you and there's a million different things that you should be checking right now, million different things you should be focusing on. Some of you already turned your phone back on. You're like, oh, it's been a minute and a half, can't take it anymore. And they're pulling for all of your attention. And if that wasn't enough, there's just things in life that are gonna constantly be pulling for your attention. They're not even bad things. They're the realities of things. Graham, you can come up here and I'll show you what I mean. There's things that all of us kind of came into the room and whether it's our job, whether it's where we work, they're gonna pull for our attention. And if you are not careful to focus in the midst of distraction, your life, on the things that matter most, you may max out your life, but you will miss out on the things that are most important because you can only handle so much. And so the key or the remedy, the solution for uh, being drained from distraction is focusing, focusing your life, not on the things that you need to get done, not on your to-do list, but focusing your life every single day, what are the things Jesus wants me to do? At the end of the day, I'm not responsible for getting every single thing that I need to get done on my to-do list and all my car registration and when am I gonna do my taxes and all the different million things that are fighting for your attention. If it comes at the expense of you doing what Jesus wants you to do, and I'm gonna talk about it in a second what those are, are gonna be. But in, in this scenario, I just had Graham jump on here. Where this is a, a treadmill. And the treadmill represents kind of that uh, all of the life, Billy. I don't think this is working. <laughs> okay, Graham's going to run on a broken treadmill for a second. <laughs> and if he begins to run. <laughs> hey, this guy is a Martha. I'll tell you that much right there. He is not settling for this thing not working. I don't know that it's going to work. Billy, are we good? Okay, so here, here's what would happen. In life, let's say this treadmill is moving all at the same pace. Or let's say it's moving, life in general, it's gonna move at five miles an hour, six miles an hour. It's not moving in general right now. Thank you, Billy. You, you saved us from war, but you didn't save the treadmill. And so Graham's gonna pick up different things, but he's limited in what he can carry. Like he's gonna run, life is gonna run at the same pace for all of us. All of us have 24 hours a day. Every single person in this room, including Graham, including Beyonce, everybody's got 24 hours a day. Uh, day and seven days a week. And so you've got to decide, hey, what are the things that I'm going to carry, the things that I can handle? So Graham's, he's got his Bible, he's got a commitment to God's word, then he's candle, he's got to put attention towards a job, there's his work represented, 
Here's a relationship maybe where he's got some box of chocolates and dating and he's focused. Hopefully he's got a, a girl. Then he needs to be involved in church and he's carrying that and not the relationship's falling apart already. And he's got his side hustle job here. Then you need to have a, some sort of health life and fitness and maybe a social life over here. And then you got Topa Chico. Not sure why that's in there. Then we've got a dog you got to care for and a million different things. And then on top of all of that, he's got social media that's got to get his attention. Graham, if you could run a little harder and try a little harder, maybe that dating relationship would work out a little more in your favor. <laughs> oh. Wow. And you saved the phone. <laughs> Way to go. Isn't that life? <laughs> Everything falls apart, but you hold on to the phone. Man, that illustration went perfectly. <clears throat> but here's the point. You can only carry so many things. You can only carry so many things. So the choice is what am I going to prioritize? What are the things that I'm not going to let go of? Because if I try to carry too many things, you're going to drop something. And often you either don't have a choice of the things you drop or you end up dropping the things that are most important. The first thing to go is your relationship with God or maybe it's the uh, connection to church or other believers, your relationship to people around you. And you have got to focus not on all the things that you need to get done, but every day asking the question, Lord, what does Jesus want me to do today? What does it look like to, to live out or to fulfill the things, not all that's on my to-do list and everything hanging over my head, but just today, what does God want from me? Here's some of the things that God wants from you today. For you to walk in relationship with him, for you to know him, for you to spend time in his word. Here's something else that Jesus, you, oh, we all came into the room and what, oh, we have all these different things we need to get done and our side hustles and we need to, you know, make sure that we're posting and keeping up with all the people around us. But what does Jesus want from me today? Not those things. He wants a relationship with you. He wants you focused on caring for people around you. Another thing Jesus wants, he wants you to sleep. He wants you to rest. Psalm 127 verse two says this, that it is in vain to stay up late into the night and rise early toiling for food to eat because God, that's he, some of you guys should memorize this verse, some of you maybe already have, he gives to his beloved even in their sleep or he grants sleep to those who he loves. At the end of the day, you've got a million things that are gonna fight for your attention and the question before you and the question before me, Jesus, what do you want from me right now? Because my mind is racing of all the different distractions that are fighting for my attention constantly and I have the choice. Here's where I'm at, empowered and have the choice. What am I going to give my attention towards? What am I gonna prioritize my attention? Am I gonna choose to prioritize, I'm not letting go of my relationship with God, I'm not letting go of my relationship with other believers, I'm gonna prioritize those things even if it costs me, even if that means changing jobs. Because week after week, I, I talk with many of you who come down and you'll share about, hey, this is where I'm at in life and you're working 80 to 90 hours a week and you're like, I can't really serve, I can't get plugged into a church, I'm confident that the God who's there does not want you to live that life. And so you don't have to drive a certain car. You don't have to live in a certain house. There are things that God wants from you. And the question is, the way that you and I can have uh, focus from distraction is by focusing not on all that needs to be done, not on everything around me, but what does Jesus want from me today? What does Jesus call me to today? It's not dissimilar to this. It's like um, my wife will at times send me and say, hey, will you go to the store and we need you to go get 
diapers and wipes or food or whatever it is. And she'll give me a list of, hey, here's the things I gotta go. I'll go to Target, here I go, step in, I'm looking around. And if I was to take my list and I go to Target and all of a sudden I'm just bombarded by like, oh, look at these, they've got you know, a whole new Magnolia line and um, just these pants are on sale and those are pretty cool, Maroma, never heard of that. And I just begin to like go through all the different store and I fill up my basket and I use my time not to get the things on the list but things that I was like, I do need some more of that. And I need some more socks. We need trash bags. And I fill up my basket with things that I think I need, but things that are not on the wants or on the list that my wife has given me. I failed. I missed out on the purpose, the reason why I'm at Target in the first place. In the same way, how many of us go through life and you will fulfill all kinds of different things. You've got an amazing car. You've got a great job. You've got, you may have a great relationship, dating relationship. Maybe you're listening online and you've got a sweet pad that you're, you're living in right now and you are experiencing everything the world thinks you need and everything that maybe you're like, this is awesome, this is where life is found. And you're not reading and doing the things in the list. And you are failing. And you are missing out on everything that God wants from you. You are missing out on the peace that comes when you would just simply say, I'm not gonna focus on what everything else needs to be done. I'm just gonna focus, Jesus, what do you want me to do? I promise if you will begin to ask that question, focus your attention on that, you will experience peace. I didn't get everything there was to get done. My car registration is still in need of being changed. But I was faithful today in this conversation, in this moment. One of the things that's gonna drain and suck the life out of you is a constant distraction from the things that matter most. And you will max out your life, but you will also miss out in life on the things that matter most. Uh, Francis Chan, who's gonna be joining us at Awaken, uh, and is a good friend if you've been hanging around for the porch or has been with us before, said this. Our greatest fear should not be the failure of succeeding at things in life. Our greatest fear should not be failure, but of succeeding at things in life that really don't matter. When I look around Dallas, the thing that I fear for most, the thing that candidly I fear for most in my own life or at the top of my list of the things that I fear about most is spending my life focused on things that don't matter. Where I live, what house I drive, or what house I live in. Martha, stop opening that phone, Martha. The amount of money that I make, where my kids go to college. And how many of us are gonna spend our life, and you're gonna be successful at everything except for what actually matters. What a tragedy. Am I saying that maybe some of you should change jobs? Yes. Am I saying that some of you need to get off dating apps because that's all you think about? Yes. Am I saying that some of you may need to stop your side hustle, your Etsy business, your side job, whatever it is? Yes. If it is costing you on the things that matter most so that you can focus your attention and not get the most done, but focus on the things that matter most. The second principle that really we see from Martha, who was being drained, it says, because she was distracted, pulled in all these different directions, is that she was anxious and overwhelmed. It says this, Jesus said in, in verse 41, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. The same worried uh, or upset, the same word there is troubled. The second way that really... Uh, like Martha, we can be drained is by being drained from distress, from carrying stresses and burdens that you were never meant to carry. 
All of us came into this room tonight carrying stress, things that are weighing you down. And the God who's there is saying, those things are gonna drain, just like an app. Certain apps are gonna drain your battery more than other ones. Carrying those things is something you were never meant to carry and they will drain the life out of you. And the God who's there doesn't want you to experience that. They will drain you to a point where it just feels like I have no joy, I'm depressed. I don't even like where I am. I don't like who I am as a person. And the God who's there is inviting you, man, you're not meant to carry those things. For her, she was drained by all the stress of just stuff to get, down, stuff to get done. For us, I, I think it looks like getting anxious and distressed by a few things. Here, here's the three that I think of. One is comparison. Have you ever had that moment where you can like feel anxiety over what you don't have but others do have and you didn't even know that they had it until like five minutes uh, or until just like five seconds ago? You're like, oh, I pulled up on Instagram. They have this new car. I need a new car right now. And all of a sudden, I'm distressed and I'm anxious over the fact that they have this car or they're always on vacation. I feel like I need a vacation. And I can, through comparison about what others have, about what I don't, about how much he's making and where I should be in life right now, about how they have children and I should have those or they're married already and I wish that I was or they're in a dating relationship and I wish that I was, by comparison, all of a sudden you can experience stress. The other way that we can experience or you can uh, be drained and take on burdens you weren't meant to carry is through sin. A lot of the most stressful situations that are weighing many of us down inside of the room is just related to sin. It's a stressful thing to hide pornography. It's a stressful thing to have an addiction because you gotta feed that constantly. It's a stressful thing to, to uh, have an STD. It's a stressful thing to live in a relationship or to be living with someone and you know they're not who God has for you. That is a stressful thing and it kind of gnaws at you. And you're carrying a burden you were never meant to carry. And the third really arena of the burdens that we can feel in this life is just circumstances. And this is one that if it's not affecting you right now, it's gonna affect all of us at some point as long as, it, or if you live long enough. And that's just the fact of living in a broken world. Somebody's gonna get cancer. Somebody's uh, marriages oftentimes don't always go. Parents' marriages don't go the way that we hoped that they would. The company has a layoff and you lose your job and you can feel burdened from carrying on just the circumstances and the stress that comes from living in a broken world. Here's the good news. Whatever burdens that you are carrying, they all have the same solution. Surrender those burdens to Jesus, to God. First Peter chapter five, verse eight says, cast all of your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I mean, how, much, how chill could Martha have been had she gone to Jesus and been like, hey, look, I'm a little worried about the food scenario. You guys just showed up. I don't wanna be that person, but I got nothing in the pantry. But I do know that like a week ago, you took bread and fish and you fed 15,000 people. So I'm pretty sure you can handle it. How different would her emotional experience have been saying like, I'm not gonna carry this weight. Jesus doesn't want me to carry this. I'm just gonna bring it to him. That's what he wants. It would have been a totally different story. Jesus doesn't need her to make him food any more than he needs you to reach that coworker. That Jesus says, man, will you cast all of your cares, bring everything that's burdened. That's what I love the verse. It doesn't say, hey, cast all of your big worries on me. Cast everything that's really big in your life on me. It says, cast all of the things that you care about because I care about them, because I care about you. Think about that. 
If you're inside of this room and you're like, man, I'm just worried, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm not sure that I'm gonna be able to, I, I need to switch from an Android to an iPhone. God's like, hey, I care about that because you care about it. I care about you. Hey, I'm worried about, man, my dog is sick. Fill in the blank. Things that we don't even think, God, he's up there, he's like holding the whole world together and there's still starving children in Africa. I'm sure he doesn't care about that. He cares about it because he cares about you. That's what the verse just said. Cast everything that you feel anxious about, bring it to God. Everything that weighs you down, pray to God. Everything that you're holding on to is a burden you were not meant to hold on to. And he says, will you bring those things to me? The solution to every burden, all the things that are gonna drain you and weigh you down is by surrendering those to him. Bringing those to him through prayer. Surrendering those to him. You know the least stressful or stressed person in my life is? My three-year-old son. He's not worried about anything. We have to force him to take a nap. It's like, man, this, you don't know how, how much you're gonna want this someday, buddy. It's, uh, <laughs> this is really unfortunate. I mean, he wakes up, he knows, like, hey, I'm gonna get provided for. They got apple juice in there, some applesauce. We got, I mean, we're just, our cup overflows here. We got anything you need. The only thing he ever worries about is like, am I gonna get chocolate or not today? That's, that's it. And last night, we went to the store to get M&Ms because we were out of M&Ms. And even then, it was like, all right, let's go to the store, get some M&Ms. Why is he not stressed about anything? He's not walking around being like, are we, are we sure we're getting the best deal on this electric bill that we have over here? <laughs> Do we know that, you know, TXU Energy, is that really best for us? Or should we switch to Verizon? Is there something we should be doing different? How are we gonna pay for college, Dad? I've been really thinking about my portfolio. He's not stressed about any of that stuff. He's just like, man, my parents provide. Why does he think that way? Because he's around us all the time and he sees that anytime he has a need, not necessarily want, anytime there's a need that his parents provide for him. The Bible over and over and over again says that God wants you to see him as a heavenly father, that he wants you to come to him. He promises, I will provide for all of your needs, not necessarily all of your wants, but even bring all those anxieties, all the things that are weighing you down. And I want you to see me like a toddler sees his father. I'm a provider for you. I'm crazy about you. Cast everything that you care about. Don't hold on to it. Give it to me. Bring it to me. It's too heavy for you to hold. And it will drain you as long as you're holding on to it. And the God is there to cast everything that's weighing you down on me. I'm strong enough to hold it. The final solution that we see inside of the text, or the final thing that is, is not a drain, but it is really the positive example that we see from Mary, is that it is a devotion to Christ that brings life. And this feels like such a church Christian answer, like, yeah, of course you're gonna say devotion to Christ is what brings life, I get it, okay. Whatever you are facing right now, you don't want to allow you to walk through the valley of the shadow of cancer, the valley of the shadow of job loss, the valley of the shadow of breakup. Whatever you're walking through will be a devotion to Jesus. That out of everything in my life, he is my fixed focus, my first importance. I am committed to walking daily in a relationship with him like Mary. Look at the language Jesus says. Mary has chosen the better portion, the, the word better portion. It was a, essentially a food analogy. She has chosen the filet mignon, and I'm not taking it away from her. She has chosen the better thing. What is the better portion? Being with Jesus, knowing Jesus, sitting and learning from him, walking in a relationship with him. You wanna know what will allow you to sustain, to endure, to face whatever is ahead for you, whatever you're facing right now. It will be you walking in devotion to Christ. This is the only thing that continually gives life. 
in a world that is broken, in a world that is fighting for your attention and fighting to drain you. It's every day saying, God, first and foremost, you are my commitment. I am devoted to you. And I'm gonna walk in relationship with you. Think about what Martha missed out on because she was not devoted first to Jesus, but devoted to her task list. Think about it. She has the Son of God in her living room. Is there a more important person on the planet then and now? Is there a more important person in all of human history that has come over to her house? Think about the limited number of people who ever even met Jesus. How small was the number of people who had Jesus in their house? And what did Martha do? Did she spend time with them? No, she's like in the kitchen trying to sweep things up. Think about that. Think about what you're missing out on. You're afraid of missing out on all the different things that you need to get done, Martha. And the reality is you are missing out on the thing that is most important in life. So many of you are afraid. That's what drives us to fill our life with so many things that we need to get done and so many distractions all the time is you are afraid of missing out and you are missing out on the thing that matters most in life. And the choice like Martha had is yours. Am I gonna be devoted first to Jesus? Or am I gonna choose to miss out? I mean, think, I don't know who your like favorite, most famous person you're like, if I could have anyone over to my house, it would be them. That would be amazing. Martin Luther King Jr., uh, Mother Teresa, uh, Martin Luther, Phil, Moses, Cardi B, you do you, fill in the blank. Who would you be like? That'd be awesome if they came over to my house and got to hang out with them. Think about it. That person comes over to your house and you spend the whole time upstairs vacuuming and cleaning. That's what Martha's doing. That in her drive to get things done, she missed out on the Son of God and being in his presence that she was devoted more to a task that's devoted to Jesus, devoted more to the things that she wanted to get done than to him. In the same way, what is gonna fight for you every single day is for you to focus on things that are fleeting, on things that are meaningless, and you are gonna sacrifice your 20s. Here's what, some of you listening right now, some of you in this room right now, are you gonna give your 20s to things that are pointless, things that are meaningless, Things that you won't even remember, not in 15 years, next week. Think about the last week that you had. Think about last week. Think about all the, all the stuff that you got done. You can't even remember most of it. You're like, what did I do last week? It's hard to remember yesterday, especially when all of life is jam-packed with stuff that at the end of the day just really doesn't matter. And I have the choice, am I gonna fill my life with the things that have eternal significance or am I gonna give my 20s, which is one of the most significant decades that you have? Every major revolution in world history had at its epicenter the young adult, had people like you with passion and energy and youth on their side. There is no limit to what God can use you to do. And are you gonna decide, hey, I'm gonna give myself to the purpose I was created for, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give myself to just pursuing pleasure. And I'm gonna go to the bar scene and then the club scene and you are wasting your 20s. And you may think like, this is so fun. Think about how dull and monotonous the life that you live is. That's one of the things we talk about all the time. Sin robs you of creativity. You're not out living an adventurous life. You do the same thing every week. What are we gonna do? It's Thursday. We're gonna go to happy hour and then we're gonna go to this next bar. We're gonna get buzzed. Hopefully we'll be not so drunk that I can't wake up Friday morning and be able to put it together at work. Then Friday night, I'm a weekend warrior. So I'm gonna, again, go out to the bar. I'm gonna get, I'm hoping I'm gonna find somebody I can hook up and go with home or bring them home to my house. And you're gonna do the same thing Saturday and you hit repeat. You hit repeat, you hit repeat, and you are wasting your life. I wanna say that again. You're wasting your life, and you're missing out. You're missing out on the things that breathe peace into you. You're missing out on the purpose you were created for. 
Let me say it like this. This is a, uh, this is a glove, in case you're not familiar with it. What is this glove made for? It's made to go on your hand. And it's made for cleaning too, fair, touche. <laughs> but it's made, to, like any glove, it's made to go inside of your hand. In other words, it's not made to go on your head, it's not made to go on your feet, not made to go on your toes, not made to, you know, um, just sit by itself. It's made for the purpose. Like, what was it created for? It was made to go on your hand. Well, how do you know? It's made in the image of a hand. This thing only fulfills its purpose when it's connected to the thing that it's made in the image of. When it's not connected to the thing that it's made in the image of, it fails to fulfill its purpose. It is empty. It is hollow. It may look pretty on the outside. It may be something that someone goes, oh, I know what that's for, but it is failing to fulfill its purpose. So are so many of you. Because unless you are connected to the thing that you are made in the image of, which is God, just like this thing, is made in the image of a hand. That's how you know what it is for, what it is to fulfill, what its purpose is. So many of you are failing to live out and experience your purpose because you are failing to connect and be connected to the thing that gives you purpose, the thing that, whose image you were made in. And you have a choice. How are you gonna spend your 20s? How are you gonna spend your life? Are you gonna wake up tomorrow and just focus on the American dream and the Dallas message of like get more money or wherever you live Move on to the next relationship. Try to find your value and how many likes you get on a post or what a guy says about you, or what some girl says about you, or what amount you have in your bank account, or you can experience your purpose. But there's only way, one way to get it, and that is to walk in connection with the one whose image you were made in. Mary knew that lesson. Hopefully Martha learned it that day. And the tragedy, and man, it like breaks my heart, is so many of you, you're gonna give your life to, to uh, chasing more money for the rest of your life, and hopefully I'll get some kids and a white picket fence, and someday I'll be able to retire. Someday I'll be able to you know, kick back and relax a little bit. How crazy is that? And you're gonna give the best years or some of the best years that you have to chasing what everyone else in the world around you says you should chase after, and not what Jesus says is where life is found, what ultimately matters. What a waste. But it doesn't have to be. In conclusion, the things that are going to drain and suck the life out of you are being distracted by everything except for what matters. Being distressed and carrying burdens that God, who's crazy about you, doesn't want you to carry. And the things that are going to breathe life into you is being devoted first and foremost to him. I'm going to walk in relationship with him. If you have a phone, you can take it out and you can turn it back on. You know what you're going to see when you turn it back on? Whatever amount of battery life you had in there, you still have. If you had 50%, you got 50%. It didn't drain anymore. But you know what it didn't do? It also didn't charge up to 100%. Whatever you had is where you're still gonna have. The only way for it to charge up fully is for it to be connected to a source of energy, a power for you to plug it in. Every second that it is away from that source of power, in other words, every second that it's not connected, plugged into the wall to a phone charger, it's gonna just continue to drain. This is how the Christian life is lived. That you, unlike a phone, are not meant to be charged once at night and then go the rest of the day disconnected from this source of energy, which is Christ. 
You are meant to be constantly connected. And every second and every moment that you're not living in dependence on him, you will be drained and you will be draining. Every second that I'm not walking in dependence and continuing just, Christ, will you help me to be aware of you in the midst of my circumstances? Will you help me to have peace right now no matter what I'm facing around me? Will you give me courage to face and share my faith with this friend? Will you help me to see just your, uh, see the way that you see people? It is when I live in a constant state of dependence and walking with him that I experience not being drained but being filled with life. This is what this whole story is about. I mean, let me say it again. In the same way that a phone needs to be connected or else it will constantly drain. As a follower of Jesus, you need to be connected with him moment by moment, walking in relationship with him or you will be drained, which is the point of this whole story. Think about it. The point of the story is not like Jesus is against go-getters. That's not what he says at all. The point is that he wants a relationship with you above everything else. He wants you to know him and him to know you beyond you serving him and doing things for him. He wants a relationship, a constant connection with him. He's not against go-getters. Look at the Apostle Paul. He's the greatest go-getter the world has ever seen. He's against you serving him and not knowing him. He's for you, walking in connection and relationship with him. And what will sustain and allow you, no matter what you face, to not be drained, but be sustained is that, is walking in dependence on him. Let me pray. Father, would you help us to be still? At a heart level, would we be still and know and be convinced that you are God? You will be exalted among the nations. You are at work in the midst of whatever we're facing. You are sovereign over our lives. We can walk in dependence on you and you've invited us into a relationship. You've invited us to cast everything that's weighing us down, every fear, every hope, everything you've invited us to cast onto you. And so I pray for friends in the room right now that are walking through painful circumstances in their own life and just surrounded by it, that they would cast everything on you and you would sustain them. Father, would you help us to be devoted first and foremost to you, not distracted from the things that pull our attention in a world that is constantly bombarding us with everything except what actually matters. Would you unleash from this room the greatest missionaries for your namesake that have ever existed? The greatest days of the church would be in front of us because of the men and women inside of this room who go on to do greater things than the church has ever seen before for your name and your sake, God. And would you save us from living a life that is devoted and successful even at everything except for what actually matters in life? Will you protect me, God? Because my spirit is willing and flesh is pulled at the distractions of the world around us. And so would you help those who are weak like me and all of us in this room to be devoted first and foremost to you, our Savior and our King.